Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today show. Joining us on the phone from Kentucky, we have Kevin Hicks joining us. Kevin, thanks so much for being on the Law Enforcement Today show. Very much appreciated. Well, thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. One of the things that I always say is that, you know, we opened up the Law Enforcement Today show a long time ago. Uh, Not just the law enforcement officers, their family members, spouses, siblings, children. Uh, We also opened up to any first responder that wanted to tell, because there's so many similarities in our stories, and that's where you you come in and we also want people to know that victims of violent crime they have some inspiring stories how they recover from tremendous adversity we want them to know if they are looking for a platform to tell their story they can always contact us here at the law enforcement today show for those who don't know kevin is and this is where it gets sketchy i have to say kevin is a emt in louisville kentucky or you were were yes see that's where it's sketchy it's hard to say because it's you're, you're not retired correct you're not active correct what did louisville kentucky do with your status nothing i am hanging in the balance of nowhere so you're, um, you're not fired you're not you're not on disability you're not on workers compensation you're just kind of like in a, a perpetual state of limbo that's that's correct absolutely this is something that gets under my skin because and I, I can't speak for my firefighter brothers and sisters uh, the brothers and sisters in red but all are in career in law enforcement we're always told if something bad happens to you we will take care of you not just the department but the city the county the state whoever they might be we got your back we'll take care of you and your family and this is not something that happens they they more often than not do not take care of their people that is correct. Unfortunately, that is the absolute truth. All right. And, and I hate to say that that's one of the situation you're falling into. Uh, we'll get into that in just a moment. Before we get into details of your status now, where you're at, what happened, let's talk a little bit about your career as an EMT. So from yes, start sir. to finish. 
Oh, wow. I started in 1996 um, with Jefferson County Fire um, before the city-county merger, obviously, in 05. And um, worked around different county departments, uh, became an EMT, and uh, have done that for several years, even in different counties, until I was hired by the city of Louisville in 2000. Okay. So you've been doing this for a long time? Yes, sir. And pardon my ignorance, EMT is emergency medical technician, and for many cities, many counties, they are part of the firefighter family, and they are considered firefighters as well. Is, was that the case with you? It's been off and on with the politics of this city. The city of Louisville EMS did merge with the city fire for a while. They ran out of the fire departments, but now it's a separate entity again and has been for several years. So now they're separate. Even though firefighters have to be certified EMT, they don't run on ambulances. Gotcha. All right. So the status changes from state to state and city to city. And in your case, it changed a couple of times where you were at. That's correct. So you've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I have utmost respect for our EMTs. And I want to say this in all, all fairness. We oftentimes recognize that law enforcement officers, first responders, see horrible things all the time. And if you're in a, a hot area, you're going to see a lot of us as a police officer. However, every bad call we were on with, every serious traumatic injury, every uh, situation, even when the, the patient was dying, a lot of times we'd have paramedics or EMTs respond just to help declare them dead, unless, of course, they're so far gone that we already knew. Correct. So these guys, these men and women, saw it every day, nonstop. They were at every horrible call that was dispatched in our environment. They were there. Is that a fair assessment? That is an absolute fair assessment. And yet, quite often, and I've been guilty of this as well, we don't always consider our EMTs as first responders and subject to the same sort of trauma that the others go through. That is correct. That's, that's the general public as well. And I don't know, I'm not sure why is that. Why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. Um, even in therapy, uh, when it was when I was in group therapy after uh, my first incident of PTSD when I was first diagnosed, uh, they put me in group therapy and they they had me stand up and say, "I have I suffer from severe PTSD." What branch were you in? That's the first thing right off the bat. They think you're a veteran. They think you're a combat veteran. I, that, I get that's that. Correct. You know, and, and back in the dark days, the 80s and 90s, I call it, back in the ancient days, yeah. there was there was two support groups out there across the United States. There were support groups for combat veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder, and there were support groups for sexual assault survivors. There was nothing for cops. There was nothing for EMTs. There was nothing for firefighters. And, and we started putting together little groups for firefighters, police, and EMTs, and they were kind of like incognito or i should say done under the radar yes because it just wasn't out there and and it has to be under the radar because it's shown as a sign of weakness if you're if you're a first responder it's shown as a sign of weakness if you're a combat veteran everybody accepts that that comes with the territory and i I don't understand the reasoning behind that unless it's about dollars and cents that's the only thing i can think of federal money covering veterans where as state and local the money's not there yeah and god bless our our, our brothers in the military Absolutely. brothers and sisters because they had to fight like 
like dogs to get any kind of recognition and treatment for PTSD and as many failings as the VA had over the past few decades, they are far ahead of the game, much more advanced than we're talking about major cities, major departments, even state departments. They are more proactive about treating this than our local agencies and that's a shame. Yes, it, it absolutely is. We're disposable heroes. And it's, it's sad to say, that's exactly the truth. I was told in the academy by a major a long time ago, he said that you know, the city will appreciate you as long as you are productive. That's about when it. you become old and too high maintenance or too difficult, they will replace you with a younger, newer model. Right, and you're gone. And for a lot less money. And right. he said it in a way that he used terminology that I can't use on the radio. Yeah. And this was yeah. a, a major in our department. And he was like, I want you to understand one thing. They say they got your back. They don't. The department will do the best they can. The city, as soon as it gets in the hands of the bean counters and accountants, you're toast. Yeah, and we were never told that. You, it's just something that, that you think, you know, when you hear from your union or you hear from your supervisors, that you're going to be taken care of. It's a family. It's a brotherhood. You know, they watch that out really well. And the the minute you fall a step behind or bring up that you're having issues, the first time I had a gun put to my head on a scene, of course, I hit the 1030 panic button. The police showed up. You know, thank God for them. Situation was handled. It was cleared. My sergeant told me that's the nature of the base. Go available. We're holding runs. Yeah. Or they say back in my day, they'd say, suck it up, buttercup, and go have yeah. a beer after work and then show up for work tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's the mentality. And that was, you know, the that was the extent of the decompression and the critical incident debriefing they talk about nowadays. That was what we had. Right. And I'm not saying it was all bad. I'm just saying it wasn't the most productive way of handling things. Right. And you're absolutely you're absolutely right because like I said, the minute you start feeling or showing you know, signs and symptoms, if you have a supervisor that even recognizes PTSD, in which most of them, don't, they don't. But the minute you start to lose that step and, and they start noticing things, it's a sign of weakness. Nobody wants to be your partner. Next thing you know, you're drummed out. Yeah. And as the old saying goes, I'm not sure if it's a Japanese saying or Greek, a, a fish rots from the head down. And all this starts at, for lack of better words, City Hall. We're talking with Kevin Hicks, uh, EMT. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're in a short break. We'll be right back. Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800-932-1786. Epidemic, America's public health crisis. 
These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost, and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Remember in the beginning? When you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817. That's 800-948-6817. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Back to our conversation with Kevin Hicks, EMT, emergency medical technician. Uh, back in the day, some called them paramedics. There's all kinds of terms. Uh, are they all interchangeable, Kevin? You know, it just depends. Older folks um, will always call us all paramedics under the same, you know, the same name. Or the worst thing in the world you could say is ambulance driver. That's the biggest thing. Brother, I ain't never say that. Time, you know. <laughs> no. uh, but, uh, yeah, EMTs and paramedics. Paramedics go to uh, more schooling. They deal with uh, the narcotics, drug usage, and a little more advanced life support technique. To the, the layperson who doesn't really know, uh, give a brief overview of what the training was like. Oh, wow. You become an emergency doctor within six months, like an, an ER doctor, anywhere from treating severe burns, delivering children, um, shooting, stabbings, any kind of trauma you can think of mixed with pharmacology, legal aspects. It's it's a tremendous amount of learning and uh and skill assessment that it's it's really really tough and about how many hours a week did you guys work oh my gosh well we were on 12-hour shifts you were mandatory four hours extra every day you know all the time 
you would work two twelves, be off two days, and then work three twelves. Well, that was always sixteen hour shifts. Okay. So you would work sixteen hours Monday and Tuesday, be off Wednesday and Thursday, work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all sixteen hour shifts. And about how much did it break down per hour that you got paid? Um, my hourly rate. God, it, but well, let me tell you what. 1996, when I first started, was 575 an hour. Um, when I left um, a few years ago, I was making about 16. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because we hear so often about living wage for people who work at fast food restaurants. They want a minimum $15 per hour. And I know many of our first responders, many of our firefighters, many of our EMTs, many of our police officers across the United States don't make that. Or if they do, it's slightly above. Right. You have to. That, that's the that's the devil in the in the sauce, if you will. You have to have that overtime to survive. And at the same time, it kills you. It does. Too many hours, too many stress, mentally, physically. What would you say would be, if you can answer this, if you can't, just please let me know. What would you say would be one of the worst situations that you handled as an EMT? Um, Well, like I mentioned before, the first one of the one of the ones that that started giving me flashbacks was I had um, I was in a flight car by myself in a command car response vehicle and it made a woman that was having a seizure and I went into the trailer home she was in the kitchen on the floor laying on her back and I got down to assess her airway and she said I'm not having a seizure my husband is beating me and he's standing behind you with a gun and I turned around and he had an OD Green Springfield 45 close enough to where I can see that the safety was off and obviously one in the chamber and I literally could not do I couldn't even reach for my radio because I knew this was it the only thing I was thinking I was married at the time is man my wife's gonna be mad (laughs) and um I talked him down got the gun from him notified radio for the police to come by and they they took that situation other runs I've I've seen people burned alive in a car and I couldn't get them out dead children those I don't are, want to get those too are graphic. always tough. No, I, and and I, I thank you for not because I've been through some of those as well. And you know, almost everyone I know has done a career as a first responder has plenty of those stories. And and I quite frankly don't want to remember them. I do my best to try to not remember them. And yeah. I've never been able, even after thirty years, to get those images out of my head. And and we never will, unfortunately. And they come back to me every night. It's just uh, part of the, the territory. To some yeah. degree or another. Yeah, so, so we're going to talk about your PTSD a little bit later on. You sure. also got physically injured. That's correct. Tell us over about the that. Years, over the years, I have probably 16 ruptured discs in my back from my neck straight down. I have spinal cord compression in multiple places. I have discs that are torn and are leaking fluid every day. You know, um, every three months I have to get multiple spinal injections through pain management. And in between them, I take 120 hydrocodone, 7.5 milligrams every six hours, 120 of them a month and have for four years. That's a lot of that's a lot of opiates. Yeah. And, and that, brings, now that, brings a different, yeah, that brings a different uh, uh, beast that we have to deal with as well. It will. Um, eventually, um, I don't know if I'll ever be off of them because the surgery that I've talked to with a neurosurgeon 
is a, a nine-hour procedure, two rods, eight screws, just in the lumbar. And uh, it takes several months of physical therapy just to be able to walk again. And it, it's something at 47 years old, I'm, I'm not going to do that. So I do have great, uh, great pain management doctor that looks out for me. He's very easily to talk to. I tell him what's going on. Even I have numbness in my foot that comes and goes, and in my pinky finger and ring finger on both hands go numb. Now I'm not a doctor, but that's what neuropathy. Yes, that's that's where the the cord is being compressed. The nerves are being compressed from a lot of the discs are bulging inward. Right, and, and that can get from, progressively worse and create a lot of uh, horrific health conditions. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. So you've been injured physically. You've got these line of duty injuries. Did the yes. city of Louisville say, "Hey, we'll retire you based on your physical injuries"? No, absolutely not. I was told when I left EMS, uh, it started with the back pain. It actually didn't start with the PTSD. When uh, I was my neurosurgeon said, you're going to have to quit or you're going to be in a wheelchair. Okay, and I was 44 at the time, and I'm 47 now. So I talked to my union. We went in. We talked to the colonel. They said, yes, you, you're fully vested in the hazardous duty retirement system. You should be able to get that. Until then, we're sure, you know, you can get workman's comp if, you, you know, you're going to have to resign, so on and so forth. So I went on and resigned. Well, the first thing I did was try to get unemployment. I was denied immediately because you have to be physically able to work to get unemployment. So I talked to the union. They said, okay, well, let's, you can try to talk to workman's comp. So I went to workman's comp. They said, unless you can specify one specific incident, we can't cover you. You're not going to get it. You've been denied. So I was denied that. And, and there's a reason why every time a police officer, a firefighter, or EMT sprains as a finger, they they have to go to the doctor and get it documented. They have to go to the emergency right. room. For that, right. for that reason, right there, which creates a huge expense for any jurisdiction and ultimately the taxpayers pay for it. That's correct. Because if you don't have that, you, you wind up being denied. And that was the case for you. That's correct. And... Uh then I got hold of the state, and they sent me this ginormous packet work of, uh, for my hazardous duty retirement and fought them for a year on it, and I, and I finally gave up because um, I was denied. They kept denying, denying, denying. You have to have one specific incident, name this, name that. I went to the union about that. They said I could use the, the Teamsters attorney, but I would have to pay his... Uh, retainer fee, his travel fee, all court costs, and any other costs accrued. So even though you've been paying dues for all these years, yeah. you still have to pay the out-of-pocket costs out of to pocket. cover the attorney. Correct. That's and not a good there's deal. no way. That's, no way. A, that's a bad deal. Most people can't afford that. No, no, there's no way, and I, I couldn't do it. Um, well, we're going to take a short break. We are talking with Kevin Hicks. Kevin is an, an EMT, and his status, is, as you're going to be made very much aware, is in limbo. And he's going through the ringer. He's a classic example of how cities, counties, and states do not take care of their first responders when they are injured. You listen to Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. I promise you, we'll be right back. 
Americans are going crazy for a new Italian diet pill that burns three times more fat than dieting alone. And the next 100 callers get three bottles for free. Sold under the brand name Invigorate 3X, this powerful pill triggers metabolic acceleration, a process that's deficient to most Americans, making weight loss a hassle. But a new study shows 30 pounds gone in 90 days with just two capsules a day. Julie B. of Nashville says, I was skeptical, but when I saw a famous doctor made it, I decided to try it. I was shocked. I lost 16 pounds in six weeks. For a limited time, our listeners get three free bottles with a qualifying order. Call 1-800-932-1786 now to get started. Call in the next 10 minutes and also get a free bottle of the Doctor's Ultra Detox. And don't forget your free 14-day diet fix. No obligation and 100% free when you call right now. 800-932-1786. 800-932-1786. Are you struggling with vision loss as you get older? Do you have a child who is blind or losing their vision? Are you a blind person wondering how you'll succeed in school, at work, or as a parent? We can help. The National Federation of the Blind knows that blindness doesn't have to keep you from living the life you want. We invite you to learn more about us and how we can help at nfb.org. The National Federation of the Blind. Live the life you want. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today Show. Joining us on the phone from Kentucky is Kevin Hicks. Kevin, thanks so much for being part of the show today. It's very much appreciated. Oh, sir, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having this show and, and bringing awareness to uh, situations that people may not know about. Well, it, it, so much happens that the news media doesn't report. You know, they don't they don't really fully report the heroic actions of our first responders. Uh, when a first responder is injured in a situation, whether it be due to violence or an accident or whatever, they'll say the injuries are not life threatening, but they never talk about how life changing these injuries are, and most of them don't follow up afterwards and really turn a blind to the horrible treatment that so many of these cities, counties, and states across our country do daily and have been doing it for decades. That's correct. And it's it's sad. You know, you've got this back injury. You've got multiple ruptured discs to to make it uh, a little bit simpler to describe. My first wife was an emergency room nurse. I have a sister who works as a respiratory therapist. And for... I'd say at least the last 20 years, if not 30, there has been a concentrated effort in our hospitals and a medical care community to watch out for and prevent back injuries because they're so prevalent from lifting patients. In a hospital, you lift them from one gurney to another. You can't do it by yourself. They got all this extra tools you can use. But for our our firefighters, our EMTs, uh, our, our first responders, they don't have that. They're picking people up off the ground. That's correct. Or upside down in crushed cars, close confined uh, confined space rescues. You know, there's it's, it's impossible to train for, for some of the things you come across. There's impossible. no way you can do, handle every situation. And it's also no way that you can do a, a career for many, many years in any of the first responder fields and not have some degree of back injury. That's correct. I mean, every, every cop I know has a bad back. 
Yeah. That was a yeah. career cop. And it's, that, that just comes from wearing that gum belt with 20, 30 pounds around your waist and everything else you do. A sedentary right. lifestyle, then all, then all of a sudden it's you know crazy, insane action. And for you EMTs, I, I remember seeing them pick up you know, 300 pound people that were right. stabbed or were having a medical emergency and it wasn't changing him from one gurney to another. They had to get him up off the ground, the floor, the pavement, whatever it might be, to get him in the gurney into the ambulance. Once they had him in the gurney, it took a lot of weight off of them, right. took a lot of strain off their back. But how, how do you do that and not destroy your back? You can't. It, it's simple because A, you're, gonna, you're either going to destroy your back or you're going to drop the patient, get sued, and end up being fired over it. Yeah, and that's the sad reality. Is it, So for them to t- turn around and say that you don't have a single documented incident, right. so we're denying you workers' comp, kind of flies in the face of logic and facts and history. Right. And there's no recourse for you at all? None. None on the back injury. None at all. That just is very difficult to comprehend. I agree. I, I It's been a slap in the face for the past nine months. I've been unemployed, basically. Well, literally. Literally. I have not worked in nine months with no, no financial assistance whatsoever. So, brother, how are you living? I had to move in with my 73-year-old mother after my divorce. You know, that's, that's something else that our career brings about. And, and you've said you've, you're divorced, but yep. the divorce, you know... When you're never at home and you're working these ridiculous amount of hours and it takes the mental and physical stress and beat down on you. And then when you are home, you're, a, you know, an ash of a person, a shadow of a human being. Who wants to be around that? Yeah, no, it, 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 it gets to the point where uh, after all the cumulative trauma that you wind up, and I'm trying to put this in the best terms for a layperson to understand, you, you wind up withdrawing and becoming a very isolated person, even at home. That is one of the first uh, signs of severe PTSD is isolation, isolating behavior. And um, that's that's still where I'm at is that, for the past nine it, months. It, would you say, and I don't, you don't have to go into details, would you say that, that played a major factor in the destruction of your marriage absolutely and that and and never being there you know they think you're going to work a 12-hour shift you work a 16 you know then you get seven hours downtime eight hours if you're lucky and you're back at work for another 16 hours you're beat to pieces yeah you you cannot take care of uh, a wife and your stepchildren you can't do it so you you've got this bad back Yes, sir. Workers' comp's not going to cover that. No. Lawyers said, we'll fight for you, but you got to pay for the lawyer for the union out of your own pocket, which Correct. if you're not working, you got no income coming in. You can't do that. Correct. And you have to live at home with your 73-year-old mother. Yes. And this is nothing that you've asked for. No. It's important for people to realize that. This, we're not talking about uh, you know a 20, 20-year-old kid or 18-year-old kid who's living in their parents' basement to play video games. We're talking right. about someone who's had a career that served his community, that, that wanted to do this, and got hurt on the job. And this is what your status is now, for lack of better words. That's correct. And there's really no pretty way of saying this. No, there is. You cannot put lipstick on this pig and call it pretty. It is ugly through and through. It is. And yet, and here's something that really gets me. And I know it's comparing apples and oranges. Right now, Louisville, Kentucky, if you had a fire truck 
God forbid, hit a car and someone was injured and had you know neck injury, they'd pay and they'd pay and they'd pay and they'd Correct. voluntarily settle before uh, lawsuits. If he had a police officer had to shoot a convicted fleeing felon that you know was out on parole and it was uh, not exactly kosher as they would say, and a lawsuit was filed, they'd settle right away. Absolutely. They'd give no millions of dollars a year to other people who've never done anything for the community, and yet people do so much for the community and risk so much and, and sacrifice so much, they give nothing. Disposable heroes. You're just meat in a seat. I can't help but get really, really angry. Yeah, and uh, that's that's where I'm at, too. And there's, there's no way. It's displaced anger because it's just not at one thing. No, you and, and just, uh, with anger, a lot of times you can find an outlet where you can direct your energy towards doing something about it. You know, hence the old serenity prayer, the courage to change the things I can, wisdom to know the difference, you know, and serenity right. to accept the things I can't change. Well, this is not acceptable. No, it's not. So no, it's not. Where, where, do, where does a guy like you and me go from here? You know, after the back injury incident and and being having those doors closed on me, I sucked it up and applied for dispatch, and went in and finally got into the dispatch um, academy. Same union, same same teamsters, and that's when the uh, PTSD began. And and, uh, and and what happened with that? I was I made it through the academy with no problems. Got up on the floor. They put you with different shifts, different trainers. They try to they try to mess you up as much as possible to acclimate you to yes, you're going to be held over. You'll you'll work different shifts. Some of the trainers are absolutely horrible. Some of the worst people I think I've ever met in my life, honestly. But I was taking calls, taking emergency calls, had my trainer sitting next to me, and I started to feel funny. I had a woman that was shot in the neck. You know, I was talking to her, and I felt a little dizzy, a little disoriented. I thought, well, listen, Ray, my blood sugar's not low. I'm not a diabetic. Something just so I shook it off, went on. A couple of calls later, we had a bus wreck. I was the first um, first voice on the line, and this is where I really think that people, dispatchers, and and the 911 call takers are are absolutely first responders. Absolutely, they, they come under the same amount of stress. They're not seeing it. But when you hear those screams in your headset and you're under so much pressure as it is, there's no outlet. There's no getting rid of that. And there's no way to, to express how that feels to someone. We are talking with Kevin Hicks. Kevin is an EMT from Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to talk more about his status and situation. You know, this in Law Enforcement Show. We'll be right back. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. 
Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We're expanding. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Back to our conversation with Kevin Hicks, EMT from Louisville, Kentucky. This is one of the things that's difficult and frustrating about this conversation, Kevin, is is I don't know how to label you. And I know that sounds goofy to say. I, I can't say you're retired. Uh, you're not active anymore. And I, you know what? I'm going to use the term retired. Uh, okay. Because it doesn't always mean you get a pension, which right. in your case, you should. But retirement to me means you just, for whatever reason, you, you can't do the job anymore and you, and you left honorably. Um, Correct. So I'm going to call you retired EMT. That's fine. Because I... I don't know how to do, to to label you or describe you. Believe and me, I, I, I don't know. I have no identity right now. So <laughs> that's the other thing. You know, when I retired from police work, I got hurt. I, I retired young. I was uh, just under twelve years on the job. Uh, multiple surgeries, steel plates, screws, a whole nine yards. I got retired at thirty three, and, and that was not in the plan. And I really didn't know who or what I wanted to be. And my biggest coping skill, my biggest defense mechanism and way of dealing with all the stuff we see was hanging out with the people I was closest with, you know, my brothers and sisters of the police department. That was a big part of how we made it through daily. And then when that was gone, you're like a fish out of water. Right. You absolutely are. You you have literally no idea. Everything that you identify with is gone. And you don't know what you are from one, one day to the next. So that's why it's important, I think, to call you a retired EMT. That's fine. That's fine, sir. I appreciate it. So you, you wind up developing PTSD. You're you're doing dispatching. When I say developing, it doesn't just come on after one incident for most people in first responders. It's a result of cumulative years and years and years of nonstop trauma. And you know what? That's what my psychiatrist said. He said I was one of the worst cases of PTSD he has seen. And when I explained to him how the state and city were treating me, he said, you know, a military personnel that's in a war zone may have 
if they're unlucky, one or two days of trauma of of this amount of stress. You've had 16 years. You're, you're preaching to the choir. I I get it. I understand yeah. it. And it's it's seeing it in and it's seeing and experiencing. And it's not always about the physical violence that was inflicted upon us. It was right. just having to deal with the after effects of the unspeakable violence that people do to each other. And then Correct. the results of trauma you have from accidents and fires and all that stuff. The, the mutilating horror of the human body is, is just something that you cannot prepare for. No. And there, there's no way to train somebody. No. And I, I, I'm thinking, just having a conversation with you is bringing up memories of, of incidents that, you know, I do my best. We always say, I wish my mind could forget the things I've seen. Yes. Even though it's been all these years, some of these things come right to the surface just by yeah. having a conversation on the phone with a dude I've never met. Right. And I'm sure tonight that uh, I will have night terrors just talking about it. I'll wake up smelling things, seeing things, yelling or screaming. You know, that's that's a part of my nightly routine every well, night. There's, where, there's where, do no we get, where do we get some resolution for you? Well, before we do that, you were dispatching. You oh, wind yes, up having a, a, a medical situation. Yes, there was a school bus wreck with with multiple kids. I took the first call. Multiple injuries. Um, the driver of the car that hit the bus was laying prone on the street, face down. They weren't sure if he was alive. And... As soon as I heard that, I wasn't sitting behind my dispatch desk anymore. I was three years earlier on the scene of a horrific school bus accident that we had made. We transported 51 kids in an hour. Um, I believe there were three fatalities involved with that. Um, Three teenagers hit a school bus coming around a curve. The school bus flipped. We were second unit on the scene. There were bloody screaming kids crawling out of this upside down school bus. There was people screaming, running out of houses. I, I just mass pandemonium. Uh, just, just the worst thing for somebody. Of course, as a first responder, and you'll know this, children break our hearts. Yes, they do. Children break our hearts because often they're innocent victims. Yeah. And nothing, and nothing a, about it seems fair. Nothing. Nothing about it is fair. So we'll agree that you and I are not going to talk about that anymore. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to go into any more detail uh, about that that incident except for... I'll uh, be honest with you, I'm, I'm having difficulty with it. The uh, partner I had at the time is no longer living. I don't want to go into that. It breaks my heart. And that's another um, sad reality of what happens all the time to us. Yeah. Yes, it is. And it's it's never talked about. Um, but anyways, nonetheless, I was sitting in that chair in dispatch, but I wasn't there. My eyes were seeing completely different things. I was hearing completely different things. I was smelling the diesel. I was uh, just soaked in sweat. I looked at my trainer and, and I said, I don't know where I'm at. And she was like, well, you don't look good. Go tell the soup you're, you're sick to your stomach and go on home. You know, so I told him that. Later that night, it was like a file cabinet of horror was opened, and I was stuck in a horror show of, of constant flashbacks, intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not just flashbacks, but intrusive thoughts. And it got to where I was walking around in my garage, and I looked at the rafter and wondered if it could hold my weight. Mm-hmm. 
And at that point, I decided to go to Our Lady of Peace Mental Hospital and get and get looked at. I'm glad you did. And yes, sir. Because so many, um, so many other people choose the other option. Yeah, and it's very easy to see, and it's nothing you plan on, but it, it barrels down on you so hard that you have no other way. Your feet aren't even touching the ground. You don't even know where you're at. And it, it's the worst case scenario. I, I never thought in a million years in my life, somebody that's that's jovial, always has a joke, laughing, cutting up, class clown type of guy. That's who I've been my whole life. I haven't laughed in probably two years. And there's just no humor in anything. That part of me is, is dead. It's gone. I am a completely different human being now than I was, say, even 10 months ago. So how do we get you to a place? And I say we, I'm meaning, obviously, I'm here, you're there. How, right. how do we find, as a community of first responders, how do we find a way for, for people who are in position that you are in to get to a place where they can be, maybe not the way we used to be, that's, that's, not, that's not achievable, but to be okay with where we're at? I don't know. If I knew, I'd be there. But it's been nine months. I, I went through counseling. I've, I've been on uh, Seroquel, lithium, the hydrocodone, you know, so many different medications. When I went to the, the mental hospital, I was diagnosed, diagnosed severe PTSD right off the bat. They saw it. They knew it. Thank God they caught it, you know, right away and put me in intensive counseling five days a week, outpatient. So then I tried the unemployment again, was denied because of the PTSD. Because of the PTSD, I was denied unemployment. You have to be mentally and physically able to work to get unemployment. So they got you stuck between a rock and a hard place. That's correct. So I tried workman's comp. This happened on the job. I was sitting here, I was doing this, this is what happened. Commonwealth of Kentucky does not recognize PTSD and first responders without a traumatic injury accompanying it. So you have to have a traumatic physical injury. And if you didn't have the one that could be documented by a specific incident, then therefore, in their mind, it didn't occur. Correct. Kevin, we're going to wrap it up. Okay. What we'll do is this. We're going to have to have you back. Oh, I'd love to. And I also would like you to do me a big favor and stay in touch with me. Yes, sir. I don't know what the answers are, but I know that we have attorneys that listen. I know that we have people that work at treatment centers that have uh, segments for first responders and veterans at Transformations Treatment Center that offer programs to help people like you that are going through what you have, what you're dealing with now. Can't promise to fix it all one shot, but I can say this. It will get better, and I really do appreciate you taking time to come on the show and tell us all about your story. I cannot thank you enough for having me on here and giving me that opportunity to share with everyone. In every community across the United States, towns, cities, states, we have law enforcement officers. We have first responders. We have incredible stories of heroism from our first responders. From law enforcement officers, EMTs, paramedics, firefighters, In addition to that, we have heroic crime victim survivors. If you want to tell your story of survival and how you recovered and how you rebuilt your life, 
feel free to contact us. We'd love to have you as a guest on the Law Enforcement Today show. We made it so easy to get a hold of us, too. There's many different ways. Go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. The Contact Us page of the webpage. Download our free app on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. You can contact us through the free app. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. Heck, send me an email. My email address is j, that's J-A-Y, at lawenforcementtoday.com. You see, we'd love to hear your story. And we know, we hear so often, I have a story to tell, but no one will give me a platform. Law Enforcement Today is your platform. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with us here at Law Enforcement Today. On behalf of everyone associated with the show and the website, this is John J. Wiley. Until next time, see ya. Thank you.